Amen. It's a great pleasure of mine to invite my friend Jeff Torrens to, uh, to come, and he's going to be sharing, uh, as he does each year, we have him uh, preach from a text of scripture, but also tell us a little bit more about the ministry that he and Edie and his family are a part of, and I, I, I did mention that I would introduce Jeff for his A, good looks, B, his worldwide fame, and C, uh, because of his really cute puppy. But then I decided that probably wasn't the most mature way of introducing him. So instead, I would just say, uh, please welcome Jeff. Uh, he's got some great things, and sorry to throw you off if that did. It's all good. Or not. Okay, <laughs> Jeff, thank you so much for this as well, and we look forward to what God is saying through you today. Great. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate it. Uh, I do have a cute puppy, that's for sure. Uh, let me introduce myself. I work for a missions organization called International Student Ministries Canada, ISMC. Uh, that's who we are, and what we do is Focus Club. Most people have heard of Focus Club. We meet usually on Friday nights, uh, feed a lot of students, and uh, have Bible studies and tell them uh, about the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's been a bit different uh, for 2020. Uh, I want to thank you, first of all. Uh, Summer Drive is a supporting church. Uh, and usually we're able to bring a bunch of students here, uh, introduce them, and you can connect with them live, but COVID, it's my excuse for everything. Uh, so quick update, we're not having actual meetings, we're not doing any uh, food services, just like everybody else, we've moved online, we do Friday services uh, online, and we're starting to get our program up and going again. As you may not know, but TRU's locked down. So it's just been a real uh, struggle for us. So please pray for us and for me uh, as we attempt to figure out the best uh, and safest way to uh, reboot and start Focus Club uh, the way that we had it. So I, th I say thank you and appreciate the time to be here tonight. I want to give you three words that summarize the point of Psalm 67. If you have a Bible, uh, and you're at home or in your car, on your phone, uh, we're going to be talking about Psalm 67. It's very short. Uh, but I want to share with you from this short Psalm, number 67, and summarize it, hopefully, uh, in three words. Ready? This for that. This for that. Hopefully that's something uh, that sticks with us uh, as we go through this, um, this message today. Everybody at home watching the live stream or uh, if you're downloading it later, uh, uh, during the evening, it's sitting in your PJs or your blankets, we know who you are. Uh, I want you to remember this for that. Uh, this for that is a great definition of purpose. Purpose is this for that, something for a reason, a cruise ship for sailing a sports team for winning, a friendship for loyalty, a marriage for intimacy, this for that. Uh, and I, I got to admit, you're going to be sick of me saying that by the time uh, this message is over, but that's what it is all about, this for that. Purpose is what gives life meaning. Purpose is what gives anything meaning. Focus Club and International Student Ministries Canada have a purpose to change the world uh, through the gospel message with international students. Jesus has a purpose. The church has a purpose. You and I have a purpose. 
We've been made for this to do that. This theme runs throughout Psalm number 67, uh, and hopefully by the end of this, you'll see that it runs throughout the Bible as well. Psalm 67 tells us plainly what our this for that is, and it should come as no surprise that it sounds a lot like our purpose for Focus Club. Let's read Psalm 67 together, starting in verse 1. For the director of music with stringed instruments, a psalm, a song. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us so that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among the nations. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you rule the peoples with equity and guide the nations of the earth. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. In the last two verses, the land yields its harvest. God, our God, blesses us. May God bless us still so that the ends of the earth will fear him. Psalm 67 starts off by saying uh, a somewhat famous blessing. It says, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us. That's the famous part. And it continues to say, so that your ways may be known on earth and your salvation uh, among the nations. But in there, did you see the this for that theme? May God be gracious to us and bless us, this, so that your ways may be known. Those famous first words from Psalm 67 also, uh, first of all, came from Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 to 26. In Numbers chapter 6, it says, the Lord says to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. These words were given to Moses to give to his brother Aaron so that he could bless the nation of Israel. God gives to us so that we can bless others. If you want to think of it as the first kind of pay it forward idea, then go ahead. Continues on to say, and bless us. Beyond the mercy of God, we want God's blessing as well. It would be quite a sight to see a guilty criminal before a judge pleading for mercy and then receiving it from that judge, but then asking for a blessing from that judge uh, on top of it all. But that's the kind of relationship that we get to have with God. God's love toward us is that great. It's that good. And it is with purpose. So what's the reason for God's grace and blessing that we find at the beginning in this famous part of Psalm 67. It's so that your way, God's way, may be known on earth, God's salvation among the nations. And this is a repeat of the covenant that God made with Abraham and eventually fulfilled uh, in Jesus. But in Genesis 12, 2, 3, it says, the Lord said to Abram, go from your country, your people, your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great. You will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And here's the so that, and all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. This, for that, I will make you a great nation, 
so that people will be blessed. One Bible commentator says, if a psalm was ever written around the promises of Abraham that he would be both blessed and made a blessing, it could well have been such as this. Psalm 67. What's the reason for God's blessing and for God's grace? So that, number one, your way, God's way may be known on earth, God's salvation among the nations. There's also another reason. So that your way may be known on the earth. The reason the psalmist asked for this high and great blessing, it wasn't a selfish reason. Uh, he asked for this blessing for the sake of God's glory and for the sake of the entire earth. Focus Club exists. Its purpose is to reach the nations through international students so that all the world, the earth, will be blessed. blessed. This for that. We've been given mercy to be merciful. We've been given grace to be gracious. We've been blessed so that we can be a blessing. Now I want to go down a real quick rabbit trail uh, and just spend a couple of seconds here. Blessing is not necessarily uh, about abundance, materialism, wealth, or success uh, in this instance. It's about knowing and having God as a close friend. So whenever you hear someone saying a verse or passage uh, like this one, like Psalm 67, means that all Christians uh, should, should be rich, uh, I would say they're just wrong. There's nothing saying that you can't have material wealth, but passages like these are not talking about that kind of blessing at all. They're talking about being rich toward God. Luke chapter 12, verse 21, uh, in the New Living Translation says this, yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. And that's the blessing that we're talking about. My take is that the psalmist, the author, argues that the greatest blessing of all is to have God's countenance, his loving and approving smile shine upon us. And isn't that what's, what we long for more than anything else? To be welcomed, to be loved, to have God delight over all of us. I recently listened to a, a podcast on, uh, on my phone talking about a pastor named Bruce Deal. Uh, when he took over the Mission Church in Atlanta, he had orders to shut it down. The church was old and decrepit. Its neighborhood that it was located in had the highest rate of crime, homelessness, and incarceration in the entire state of Georgia. Uh, he expected his time there to last only six months, uh, but he was not prepared for what happened uh, next, even though he was an integral part of it. With literally nothing to lose, he and the few members of the church began operating with this principle of radical trust. They're like, hey, what if we give them this? Maybe that will happen. Bruce believed the best way to improve outcomes for the marginalized and impoverished people surrounding his church was to extend them trust. Hey, let's try this and see if something will happen. Even if that trust was violated multiple times, and even if somebody didn't yet trust themselves, they operated on the principle of second chances, and in a lot of cases, it was eighth or ninth or tenth chances when they were dealing uh, with the people in their neighborhood. They went all in on trust first. They said, hey, we have this to give. Let's see if it leads to that. Trust first became their motto and their purpose. Often one of the first things he said he would do was give convicted car thieves his car keys and ask them to run errands for him. 
Uh, but soon after, Bruce founded an organization, organization called the City of Refuge. Uh, and since then, uh, over time, the City of Refuge has helped over 20,000 people in Atlanta's toughest neighborhood escape the cycles of homelessness, joblessness, and drug abuse. They were trusting so that transformation would happen. This for that. Merciful and blessed and trustworthy so that God and his ways may be known to everyone, even those in neighborhoods we might not like. This for that. Psalm 67 continues in verses 3, 4, and 5. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you rule the people with equity and guide the nations of the earth. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. In case you didn't get that, I'm just going to send out a couple of ideas about who he's talking to. He said, the people, all the people, the nations, the nations on earth, the people, all the people, again and again and again. Who is this for? You know, it wasn't big enough to pray, let the peoples praise you. The psalmist took it farther. He said, let all people praise you. Let the peoples praise you, O God. We notice that this is first and foremost a prayer to God. It's fine to call upon the peoples to praise God, but it's also fine to ask God to bring the nations to himself. That's what we're attempting to do at Focus Club. The psalmist had a beautiful scope in mind, not just Jerusalem, not just Kamloops, not just Judea or the TNRD, not just all of Israel or the Middle East or the Mediterranean world, not just his continent or hemisphere or the West, but his scope was all the earth. At Focus Club, God wants us to have the same heart and the same vision for all the earth. And it just so happens that he's brought 80 nations to our campus. I want to ask, are you a member of uh, the Bless Me Club? Always crying out to God, bless me, bless me, bless me. I've been there. I've lived that a little bit. And my prayer was essentially a selfish one. If we're talking about blessings, I've caught myself asking God to bless me, bless me, please. It's the kind of a a cry of a a self-interest child makes uh, when they want something. Uh, James 4.3 lays it out pretty clear for us when it says, When you ask, you do not receive, because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Yeah, we unashamedly ask God to bless us, but it's not to be self-focused. Instead, I ought to ask, and I've learned to ask, so that God's way may be known in all the earth and his salvation among all the nations. Again, this is the reason for blessing. We are blessed to be a blessing. This for that. Let all the peoples praise you, O God, it says. Let all the peoples praise you. Let all the peoples praise you. Why? So that all the ends of the earth will fear him. This for that. And that's the purpose of being blessed. We are blessed to be a blessing. This for that is actually a theme in the Bible. One example is God so loved the world that. Another example is I have come so that they may have life. Those are words of Jesus. He also says, but you will receive power 
when the Holy Spirit comes on you, so that, and you will be, he says, so that you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And when we live like this, aiming to serve the needs of others, uh, we look like and live like God, like children of the Father. 1 Corinthians 11, 1 says, uh, it, Paul says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. We want to be people to have this to give so that all are blessed. Lastly, as a final example uh, uh, of our theme, Psalm 72, just a couple psalms later on, echoes the part of 67, almost word for word. It says, may his name endure forever in verses 17 to 19. May it continue as long as the sun. Then all the nations will be blessed through him, and they will call him blessed. Praise be to the Lord God, the God of Israel, who alone does marvelous deeds. Praise be to his glorious name forever. May the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. Praise him, it says in Psalm 72, so that the whole earth may be filled with his glory. When we pray like this, we pray like Jesus taught us in the Lord's Lord's Prayer. When we pray like this, we take on God's desire to have an unending relationship with his creation. When we praise God like this, it helps us get our minds and our relationship in line with his desires for us. 2 Peter 3.9 says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises, as some understand slowness. Instead, he's patient with you, not wanting anybody to perish, but everybody, everyone to come to repentance. And the author of Psalm 67 imitates God by wanting all nations, tribes, people, and tongues to praise him before his throne so that everyone can come to repentance. One author said, it is in fact a prayer of great vision and daring. I know someone near and dear to my heart who lived this out. Lisa Purdy was a longtime friend of mine. Uh, grew up partially in a youth group that I used to run. Was a wonderful Christian woman. She literally wanted those in the nation of Turkey, those from that part of the world, to know and fear God, to believe in Jesus and embrace eternal life. Now, I don't want to belittle who she was or what she accomplished by putting it this way, but she lived out this for that. She gave up her home country so that she could love strangers she had not met yet. She spent years learning Farsi so that she could communicate in a way that made it easier for them to understand. She lived for years away from her, friend, away from her family and friends so that she could live out God's purposes in her life. She lived the idea of this for that, even giving her life in the end. She lived her purpose and lived it well. And finally, in in case we missed it, Psalm 67 ends by saying, God, our God, blesses us. May God bless us still. And then he uses our phrase, so that all the ends of the earth will fear him. God shall bless us. It's repeated twice in a row uh, to emphasize a confident expectation. This is coming from God. God is going to bless us. God promised to bless the nations of the earth through a particular descendant of Abraham fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Christ, so that, for the reason of, so that all the ends of the earth shall fear him. All the ends of the earth. 
As if the psalmist had not yet been strong enough here, he makes the point even clearer. God's heart and plan is for all the ends of the earth to know him and fear him. You know, in the end, God gets the respect. God gets the honor. God gets the praise. God gets the glory that he is worthy of. You know, we may never get respect. We may never face uh, anything but hardship in our lives. We may end up poor and broken and persecuted and even laying down our lives and be more blessed than ever because God has used us in a great way. So I want to say it's like a great, big, glorious circle. We're blessed, and we use that blessing to bless others. And then God sees us using the blessings that he's given us, and so he wants us to continue to bless others. We use that blessing to pray for and to reach a hurting world. And as that aligns us with the heart of God, we are blessed with a greater sense of purpose sometimes, or blessed and and better equipped other times. We're blessed to give more of ourselves, of our time, our resources, so we can use all of those blessings that God adds to us to show all the earth the greatness of God. For those who trust and follow Jesus, for those of us who are Christians, you and I, and we, we were saved for a reason. This so great a salvation we have is for a reason, so that we may reach all the nations. And this uh, cycle only breaks down really on our end. Uh, It's worth looking at our lives and seeing if we have broken the circle anywhere. Have we stopped believing that God's going to bless us, maybe? Have we stopped seeking to extend that blessing to others? Have we stopped seeing God's heart in most things? You know, for the believer who has lost a sense of purpose, the whole thing, the whole relationship, maybe your whole religion, for lack of a better term, starts to feel like a duty. Or living by rote uh, may feel more like a business partnership uh, than a marriage type of thing. The broken circle of blessing can also feel a lot like hopelessness. Uh, For me, it was a sense of helplessness when COVID restrictions basically uh, wiped out everything that we used to do on a regular basis for Focus Club. And it wasn't until somebody else pointed out to me that we used to be mainly local. When we met uh, in Kamloops, it was with Kamloops students, and it was great. Uh, but now, he said, our Zoom calls are truly international because we've been meeting with students uh, who have gone out uh, to other countries and are now on our Zoom calls. Uh, so that has allowed us uh, to pivot a little bit and to serve. If you're investigating the Christian faith, uh, mildly interested or truly seeking the God who blesses, then maybe taking a step back from cynicism might help. I know that's what it took in my life. Listening to the faith story of another may re-engage your spirit. Uh, Pray and, and throw your questions up to God. At the very least, seek to serve one another in love. That's a great starting point for being like Christ. So I want to encourage you and want to leave you with the idea of become aware of, know, and live out the idea of this for that. Follow the one who gave his life so that we could be in a right relationship with him. You are blessed to be a blessing. Let's pray. God, I want to thank you for 
using me. Uh, and sometimes I'm not as cooperative as I could be. Uh, and you use me anyway, so thank you. God, I pray that we would, uh, at the very least, at the beginning of this year, take an inventory of the things you've given us, our talents, our gifts, our abilities, our time, whatever it is that we have to offer, uh, and serve that up in service to you and to one another. God, I pray that uh, as a new year dawns, as we kind of leave 2020 in the hind mirror, that we would choose to use the blessings that you've given us to be blessings to others. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much, Jeff. And we're going to take a moment to celebrate the ultimate this for that, which Jeff just pointed to. And um, maybe you just need to hit pause for a moment if you don't have the elements with you. So you could just take a moment right now to hit pause and, and go and get something that would be suitable um, uh, to, to participate with us. But you've probably heard that show if you're a fan of crime dramas, quid pro quo. It's a Latin phrase. That means this for that. And as I initially read Jeff's message, that kept going through my head, that the ultimate this for that was when Jesus wanted to illustrate for his disciples what he was about to do on the cross, he set out a meal, bread and wine, and he said, this, my body, is going to break like this broken bread. And he broke the bread and handed it out. And he said, this, my, my blood is going to be poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. It's like this cup so that you can be restored. And then Jesus invites all of us who have trusted in his love and trusted in his death on our behalf that he gives this for that, his life, his perfect sinless record for us to win us back. And so this act of taking the bread and the cup is a way of saying thank you that you gave us this for that, your perfect righteousness, and you gave it to us freely. And so if you've never taken this before, if you've put your trust in Jesus, you can participate with us. If you're not at that point yet, then you can set this aside, but I would challenge you, I'd ask you to consider, why not come to the one who gave it all for you? And as we come and we take these elements, the bread and the cup, we also are being moved and pushed to live in this way too. This for that, this blessing, this forgiveness, this mercy, it's been freely given us now. We go on mission to share it with others. So let's just take a moment and pray, and then we'll take the bread, and we'll take the cup, and we'll sing a song of celebration. Let's do it. Let's pray together. God, we are so thankful that in love you gave your son. Jesus, we are so thankful that in love you voluntarily laid down your life so we could be forgiven and free. And we ask now that as we take the bread and the cup, that you would be honored in our lives. We ask, Father, that if there's any areas of unconfessed sin that we're carrying now, we come to you and we confess it and we lay it down because we don't want to be burdened with that and we don't want there to be anything between you and us and us and you. So we take this in remembrance of you. Let's take it together.